0: I'm Stuart Brand. This seminar about long-term thinking is brought to you by the Long Now Foundation. If you would like to see high-quality videos of the talks in the series, including this one, they are available online for Long Now members at longnow.org. Hello. Hey, Hi, neighbor.
1: Neighbor, yeah. we, we've never had a conversation except this. No, we've never th- had a
0: conversation. We've never met, and we live in the same town. <laughs> Some town that is. <laughs> Mill Valley of the Dolls. Yes, exactly. <laughs>
1: um,
0: so I want to know. I want to know um, about you in the sense of so we, we had an email exchange and um, and we we started to play with the polarity of, of what we do and how we do it and um, came up with these opposites, which is the monk and the connector, uh, oxytocin and dopamine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and you are so, so involved, and have been so involved with the world. And I listened to your commencement speech you did at Berkeley, uh, last, uh, was it May? I guess it was May, yeah. And you you're were you're, you're right there at that crest, you know, from being introduced to the web and then the webbies and and really just immersing yourself into this connectivity and your movie that you're working on right now is called Connection. And so, um, first question is, what did you think of Malcolm Gladwell's article? take down in New York? <laughs> so when you're mentioning it. My
1: husband and I were just talking about it
0: today. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, um... Malcolm Gladwell's article that basically was taking down Twitter as a means of social revolution. Um, I don't think he's totally right, but I think his skepticism is right. Um, And I think uh, we are at the beginning of seeing the potential of so many people online with these tools and I'm very excited about Twitter right now. Now do I believe that it was, you could say the Iran revolution? No and I, I think that people are um, maybe overstating what it's doing exactly right now, but I think we're at the beginning of this huge moment where you're able to have people cross-pollinating ideas from all over the world. Like, what's not exciting about that? And so when you get perspectives from billions of people that have a common interest and they're sharing ways to solve problems, that we're, and we're just at the beginning of this moment, that's incredibly exciting. So whether he wants to shoot it down, um, and I, I I love Malcolm Gladwell's writing and his ideas, and he's a provocateur, he's a cultural provocateur, and he's like poking holes and you know things, which I think is great, and we need people like him to do that. Um, but I am very hopeful at the potential of what it can bring. I mean, I was listening, because I want to talk to you about a little bit of what you're optimistic about in a second, but I kind of feel like. Twitter and checking, texting, and email, You know, they've just come out with a study that you get a, little, you get a little hit of oxytocin.
0: That's dopamine, isn't it?
1: Well, dopamine is when you seek information on Google, but oxytocin is when you have a connection on one-on-one oh, connection. Right. So I love this idea that everyone's getting these hits of oxytocin because oxytocin makes you less fearful,
0: mm-hmm.
1: more empathetic, more generous, so the, the, the thought, as addicted as we're all becoming, and I'm completely struggling with that addiction and being present and all the things we're all struggling with, but I am excited about the idea of this worldwide global oxytocin <laughs> that's happening and beginning to happen. Um, so, yeah.
0: you think that's happening?
1: I think we're at, like I said. I think we're at the beginning of that. Because I mean, I th- like the
0: Tea Party people are on the web too, you know.
1: I know they are. But I do not believe they will prevail. I mean, I think um, that's a reactionary. I think there's more... um, Listen, any tool can be used for positive... You know, any tool can be... It's a neutral medium, and it's the human energy and spirit and creativity Mm -hmm. that's going to channel what that technology is used for. Um, And I am ultimately um, an optimist about the human spirit. I mean, I know that we're, we're the most compassionate and violent of all the species, which is the great paradox of humans. But I'm ultimately an optimist. And in speaking of optimists, can we go, because I heard I was, I love your work and I've followed it and it's so exciting to finally be meeting you Thank in you. person. Weirdly here, but um, what are you optimistic about? I mean, the whole blessed unrest and you you named the zeitgeist, you named this, this happening and wiser earth and doesn't that give you hope that that... What gives you hope?
0: Uh, well, I, like I said, I've try- really looked at the, the, the hope, and I actually try to put hope aside because to Don't me... but put hope aside. <laughs> well, no, because <laughs> I feel like hope is basically fed by fear, and ho- hope feeds fear. So what I'm, I'm suggesting is, is there a way to be in the world mm-hmm. where it's not about hope, it's about compassion, it's about caring, it's about love, it's about community, it's about family, it's about, you know, that the the revelation, or the realization that Catherine had, which is really, none of us are anybody really, we're all nobodies, and there's a great relief in that, and that our journey here, our path here, is actually to find ways to serve, to become and so that, to me, is more interesting than, than the sort of the artifice of hope, you know, which depends on a projection of data. Yeah, maybe and ideas that maybe, so maybe that word things.
1: actually, as you're saying it, mm-hmm. I, because I, I mean, one thing I found with getting older, or you know, I just turned forty, so you know, I just lost my father, um, which was very hard, and um, but it brought me so much closer to people, mm. all the people that had lost their father or lost a parent, or lost somebody close to them. and What I'm finding as I'm getting older, and I think the web and Twitter and Facebook, uh, not superficially, I think it's letting you find those commonalities, that common human experience about being ordinary, living and dying, having children, having the same fears and and hopes, that it's in our commonality that I think these tools, um, and not just these tools, because obviously being present is incredibly important and ter- unplugging. Um.
0: Well, what I find really uh, interesting right now and, 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 and what I love to see is that I see the world moving closer and closer to uh, what I call a teachable moment and, or teachable moments. And because, I mean, there's a great deal of, you know, Sturm und Drang and Angst about, you know, 2008, 2009 and, you know, this collapse of asset values and, you know, people thought what they had you know, It doesn't exist. And to me, when you begin to realize that what you thought was wasn't, it's actually very helpful because it's... It's, it's, that
1: great? it's like the barn's burned down, now I can see the moon. Yeah, exactly. That's I, can, why I exactly. Feel like we're in one of those barns burnt down. But the like barn did it.
0: exist. In this case, our money in the United States did not exist. That was it just was a, a potential abstract. village of an economy that we all live in, and we still do. And um, you go to bottle with somebody and see the deficit, you know, counter going on, you know. uh, But, you know,
1: one thing that I love that you said at one point was that um, you believe, I'm curious if you still believe this, um, that business, which created so many of these problems, has this, you said, this restless creative energy that you think will actually solve.
0: Well, business will, so will civil society, so will religion, so will... Schoolchildren, so will mothers. I mean, it's it's all of us all together. Just that business at that time was so denigrated as a uh, agent of social change, or uh, and I thought that denigration wasn't very helpful, and furthermore, it wasn't very descriptive either, because what happens is we see the you know the the players and the actors who are are not not good actors in business. And they've been here since the commerce existed. But and they obscure, you know, who's trying to make a difference. And who's trying to make a difference oftentimes isn't who gets the publicity, gets the news, gets the...
1: I've been really excited about B Corporation. B Corporation, yeah. Yes, just... That they're you know certifying corporations that incorporate interdependence and sustainability into their bylaws. And yeah, I mean I, that's a very exciting kind of movement. Happening. But
0: one of the things I see right now, and and uh, I've mentioned this before, um, is that I, the, the, what I, I think the progressive movement has to see, or the left, or whatever you want to call it, but is that the delusions on the right are pretty well matched by the delusions on the left yeah. about energy and climate. And
1: everybody's and, you know just as every religion has an extremist. Yeah. I mean.
0: And, and the, the, the thing I see right now is that the, as the, the left, in, in a sense, seems to understand the problem. But to me, that the, the solutions that are being put forth are sort of delusive. And the right seems to think there isn't a problem. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. And so it's a funny kind of interplay and dynamic between the two, which is going to really work out in an interesting way in the next 10, 20 years, because in between all that is reality. You know, which is resource flow and yeah. economics, and and who's got what, when, where, and so that's going to play out in everyone's lifetime here, and it's going to be a very, very radical shift in in power, a locus of um, uh, of um, what I call real power, in the sense of really who's got the brains and intelligence to really see ahead and plan for it, and who doesn't. We don't right now in the United States. We're kind of behind you, Paul.
1: Well, we, you were just talking about. It. And you talk, you've talked before, you know, about natural capital. And what do you think about idea capital? I mean, what are your thoughts? You said you're not on any networks. Were you I was, I was.
0: It just, it was lopsided. Too, too much in and not enough out. So did you, know? you just make a conscious decision Yeah, I just to, got off Facebook. I got off everything, yeah. How was, long ago was that? Oh, a couple of years ago. How does it feel? Oh, so much better. <laughs> oh, my God, it's so much better. So you're just
1: completely <laughs> outside looking at... And you probably, you think... I'm not outside. Well, no, 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 out, no, not, not outside. Because <laughs> you live in Valley, you're always outside. No, but you're outside of... Because um, Twitter's kind of blown up in the two years that you've been off. Yep. So what do you think of it?
0: I have no idea. I'm just so happy not to be on it. <laughs> I, I mean, I know when I give speeches, people say, oh, I got a tweet, you know, you know it's like while you're talking and so forth. i was like, well, that's good. But for me... <laughs> I mean, I have as many friends as I can possibly yeah, serve. I know, the words you
1: know? are weird. I mean, the friends, and, the fan page, they're weird words because yeah. they, they, they mean one thing and they're very different um, in these kind of social graphs. It's, it is There are misnomers, which I think actually comes, is the basis for so much critique, is you have thousands of friends and they're not,
0: you know... I agree with you. I'm not you. critiquing it. I'm just saying is that I enjoy well,
1: it. Well, but I think the names are kind of part of where the mantle yeah. is up here, and it's really this third space that needs new words.
0: But yeah. I'm just saying I enjoy my life better. That's all. And I compared to A, B, went to A, went back to B, I'd like huh. B better. And B do you was, have a
1: cell phone that you use? All? I do have a
0: cell phone. I don't use it for calling, now. What do it. you use it for? That's an iPhone Everybody else uses it for <laughs> <laughs> To figure out there was traffic on the bridge when I was driving here <laughs> what else are you I on
1: mean, the web a lot? I mean like tell me a typical day in in paul's life like what, what you get up and do you start to check in on do you go do you what 's on your nightstand books no no of course, but which books
0: <laughs> right now there's a lot there's a i'm uh, a lot of books on on buddhism there's a lot of books uh, i'm learning trying to learn Tibetan because I want to know what the Prayers actually mean that I'm saying. Uh, there's um, a, the book Radical by, which is really interesting. This by this uh, um, Christian uh, minister, 26 year old, 26 years old in Louisiana, and he's written a book that's just talked about a takedown, takedown of uh, yeah of the mega churches and everything, and said look at, read, read the Bible again, you know. And Jesus gave everything away. Jesus said, you know, do not accumulate. Jesus said, serve, you know. And... Do, do you believe in God? Uh, no. And, um, well, it's, it's not a belief system. You know, God's not a belief system. And and um, so what's so interesting about it, though, is somebody who's really looking at Christianity and this rise of, you know, sort of Christian materialism, you know, this sort of... And he just—it's—it's not that I want to join his church. It's just that I feel like it's a really example of some really interesting new kind of literature where people are just speaking truth very powerfully. And as Catherine was saying, you know, it's hard to do it in the media itself, but you can still do it in books.
1: Yeah. No. I mean, I definitely. I mean, I you know, the whole—I thought her point was great of just that the attention issue and going in deep on books. And I know my the way my mind has worked is definitely changed in the last five years, and it. Concerns me um, for sure, and I think. Um, but I think the the systems, like what you named with, you know, what you're doing with Wiser Earth, and the
0: I'm not doing with Wiser Earth. I guess well, that well, well, that was a community. We the community owned, started owned it. it. I had nothing to do with it.
1: But I guess the the kind of um, nature of organizations, networks, mm-hmm. of people with common interests, and we're seeing such a rise of kind of thinking about systems and interdisciplinary and you know, I love that E.O. Wilson said the future of science is a science of systems, and looking at the kind of systems—not just biologically, but socially and humans. I mean, does that resonate with you? Because I know you've done work with biomimicry and thinking of kind of human systems, common interests, and do you ever think about it that way?
0: Uh, all, I hopefully all the time. I mean, I think one of the things that impressed me once when I was talking to a scientist in Sweden, and he. He really pointed out that we are born systems thinkers, and it mm-hmm. takes you know sixteen years and 10, about four or five hundred thousand yeah. dollars to get it out of us you That's know interesting. and then we try to relearn it and huh. and the example of systems thinking is really how we learn language because when we uh, are prelingual, so to speak, we are hearing an unbroken series of sounds you know we listen to our parents' talk or brothers or sisters or mm-hmm. siblings and um, but actually most of what we're hearing is not, hello, my name is, you know, Paul. I mean, that's not what babies hear. They hear this stream of language and they watch facial expressions and they see actions and so forth. And out of that, they begin to parse and out of that, they start to create, you know, the understanding of language universally everywhere in the world, always. And um, so this sort of ability to see things as systems is innate, you know. And systems really is kind of a code word for the the one truth that there is, that is, it's oneness, which is everything is connected, nothing is disconnected. And so... You know, I mean, when you think of when we really think systematically is when we do, say, a launch in space. I mean, except we got the O-rings wrong once. But when we think that way on a kind of NASA-type level, yeah. that is systems thinking. you know, And when you think of L.A., then you think that's not systems thinking, because that's why we can put an electric car on the moon but not in L.A. And that's really the difference is really that ability to think in terms of the whole. Yeah,
1: my new film's all about kind of systems thinking and connectedness, but all the different ways of it. But I love that what you just said about you're born that way. I think that's yeah, highly, yeah. very true. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so it's something that I'm not sure how you can you can bring it back. And I, I think the comments earlier too about you know about uh, scenarios is is very apt, you're seeing. I think in a I don't know you know whether the H- Hindus are right about Kali Yuga, but it feels like a Kali Yuga in the sense that, you know, time is speeding up, time's accelerating. That was the prediction of this, Mm. you know, epic. Uh, Sort of like the ice skater, you know, who brings their arms in, you know, when they're spinning, and then they start faster and faster and faster and faster. Mm. And it's the same person, but the dynamics have changed. And it seems to me that that acceleration of time uh, is is occurring much abetted by, obviously, the digital world, uh, which has sped up everything and made us impatient for the things that we would wait a week for before. And th- in that speeding up, I think it's more and more difficult for people to step back, and that's why I asked Catherine about the sabbatical, because in a sense, the retreat, the silence, the monastic yeah. thing, is a way of stepping back from it and trying to get that thing that Stuart was talking about when he was going out with the sign in you know in San Francisco, why haven't we seen a picture of the whole earth? Yeah. So you know, why haven't we seen why haven't we seen ourselves? <laughs> yeah, this there's that really, yeah.
1: that Buddhist saying. it's you know when you look at a body of water and the wind is blowing across it and you see all the reflections and it's not until you still the wind on the water that you see inside. And mm-hmm. I think about it. I mean my husband and I try to do technology Shabbats on Saturdays, uh, where we're offline and it's really hard. <laughs> for one day a week, you know. Really? And, yeah. Is it that hard? It is very hard.
0: Which part is hard? Do they...
1: I mean, when we go out of town, um, it's great because we really do go offline and we take a lot of road trips and, and we have a blast. But for one day a week, that disconnection moment is very difficult um,
0: to do, achieve. do. you feel withdrawal?
1: Yeah, it's like I, that's the, do- I mean, that's where the kind of hormonal dopamine, oxytocin, I think we are literally addicted. I mean, I do feel like I twitch.
0: Well, it's lovely talking to you. I'm going to touch right off the stage right now. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's nice talking to you, too. This seminar about long-term thinking was brought to you by the Long Now Foundation. Thanks to Fora TV, you can see high-quality videos of the talks online by joining Long Now as a member at longnow.org. Thank you for listening. I'm Stuart Brand.